welcome back to the Aspire Pre-Med Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. V, and I'm glad you could join us for today's episode. For those of you who follow the podcast regularly, you know that we cover a variety of topics. We often focus on the path to med school itself, you know, the pre-med journey, if you will. But sometimes I like to offer you a glimpse into the future, either to inspire you about a field you may want to explore or... Uh, make you aware of a skill set you could begin honing earlier on, or maybe to help you consider the big picture of your life and your overall vision. Today, we're going to take another look into the future and introduce a concept to you that's usually only introduced when you reach your clinical years in med school. This is a practice that's an important part of patient care, and it's the art of delivering sign-out. Sign-out is something that's used on a daily basis, really, by med students, residents, and attendings alike. If you haven't heard of it before, it's essentially the act of passing along the pertinent information about a patient from one team to the next. Doing this right is an incredibly important thing for obvious reasons. Now, um, have you ever played a game of telephone before? Passing messages along from one person to the next? And... As you know, so often information gets lost, misinterpreted, or jumbled up. So invariably, by the end, the final person receives a message that bears almost no resemblance to the original phrase. When that message pertains to patient care, we can't allow for the loss of information or misinterpretation. That's why we need a relatively standardized, reproducible system to pass along important patient information. Taking good care with this is an important step in preventing medical errors, and this is especially critical when you have a patient whose hospital course is really complex. He's on day seven of antibiotics, and we have to check this lab in 72 hours, and we have to wean his steroids at 7 p.m., etc. When there's a lot to keep track of, it's important to have an organized way to uh, keep in mind all of that information and pass it along so that nothing gets lost. That's where sign-out comes in. So the bottom line is this. The hospital is a place that works 24-7, rain or shine, holidays, every day. Each day brings with it changes of shifts that require one team to pass information on to another team. So whether you're a med student, resident, or attending, this is likely something that's going to be a part of your practice. So sign-out is the information you receive when you start your shift, and it's what you provide to the next person when you leave your shift. Sign-out is also given when a patient is transferred from one place to another. For example, if a patient is evaluated and treated in the emergency room and are getting admitted to the floor, a careful sign-out has to be provided to the accepting floor team who will take over care. It's also a great opportunity to ask clarifying questions. So why is sign-out important? Ultimately, it's there to ensure some kind of continuity of care. It helps us understand the overall big picture, but also the important details in terms of what has been done and what needs to be done. Now let's talk about the components of a sign-out. This varies from institution to institution and may vary by discipline. If you do a simple Google search, you may come upon different approaches. For example, some people organize it in a problem-based way, dividing up tasks and summaries based on the specific problems that the patient is experiencing, like appendicitis, anemia, and so on. 
I'll go over an approach that was commonly used in my experience. Note that this is not an exhaustive list of components, but I'm just trying to give one example. So for instance, sign-out would often begin with what's described as a one-liner, a big picture summary. This is often easier said than done because it's not always easy to be succinct with a summary of the patient, right? It often included information like their age, medical condition, and even the overall trajectory of their clinical status. So examples of this would be something like, this is an 18-month-old male with a past medical history of reactive airway disease, now admitted with RSV bronchiolitis, clinically improving on room air. Or this is an 18-year-old female with a history of heart failure secondary to myocarditis, who is now post-op day 10, status post-heart transplant, clinically stable. And if some of these terms are unfamiliar to you, don't worry about it. Uh, this is exactly the type of stuff that you would learn in med school and in your training, but I'm just trying to give you a sense of what a one-liner can sound like. It's very easy to get caught up in the details, which are, of course, important, um, that it's always necessary to remind ourselves of the big picture, the one-liner. And of course, we give attention to all of our patients, but included somewhere in the sign-out could be some kind of reference to how sick the patient is. Is this someone who you're worried may decompensate? That's important information to pass along to a new team coming on. Or are they improved and safe for discharge? In this version of sign-out after the one-liner, you often hear about the interval events. Um, for example, overnight, the patient desaturated to the 80s and is now on two liters nasal cannula. Or in the last day, pain resolved and IV medications were transitioned to PO, which means by mouth. This is commonplace too to include uh, a range of vital signs over a period of time. Things like the respiratory rate, heart rate, and so on. Additionally, some patients have careful monitoring of fluids. Uh, you know, fluids that the patient consumes or puts out, and these volumes may also be included here as well. The next step was a summary of the overall picture and upcoming tasks organized by organ system. Commonly included were systems like respiratory, cardiovascular, and FENGI, which stands for fluids, electrolytes, nutrition, GI, and so on. So here's an example, hypothetically speaking. Respiratory. Asthma reliever albuterol now spaced to treatments every four hours to do perform teaching of proper use of inhaler with spacer. Next system, cardiovascular. Initially hypertensive on admission, currently normal blood pressures, no active tasks. FENGI. Could be something like required two normal saline boluses on admission. Weaned from maintenance IV fluids to half-maintenance fluid on hospital day one. Tasks. Advanced diet as tolerated. Wean fluids. Follow up on pending BMP, uh, which is a blood test that takes a look at your electrolyte status, among other things. ID, which stands for infectious disease. COVID PCR negative. Respiratory viral panel positive for rhinovirus. Next system, hematology. On hospital day one, white blood cell count 17 with lymphocytosis, hemoglobin 14, platelets 250, follow-up pending CBC due today. 
And there are, of course, other systems that could be included as relevant to the patient. Dermatology, rheumatology, psych, and so on and so forth. Depending on the unit that you're in, sometimes there would be a section for things like lines and catheters that are in the patient, how long they've been in, and when they need to be changed or removed. This is important particularly if you're planning on preventing infections. There's often a separate section dedicated to allergies as well. Now, other items that could be included may focus on social aspects related to their care. For example, does the family require transport to get home? Or do they need support for smoking cessation? Sometimes there's also a section for disposition or anticipated discharge and what the discharge criteria are. In other words, where is this patient being discharged to, and what are the criteria to be met for it to be safe to go? Also, some people include the pertinent teaching and anticipatory guidance that the patient or family must receive uh, to ensure that they understand the continued care they would have to assume at home, or to prevent an illness from recurring, and so on. As you can see, there are many things that could possibly go into a sign-out. And as I mentioned, the structure of it can vary from department to department. But speaking generally, the example I gave includes a one-liner summarizing the patient, uh, what they have, how they're doing, and so on, interval events from the last sign-out, and a more detailed organ system-based summary, which includes tasks and to-dos that need to take place to improve the patient's condition and safely prepare for next steps. So why am I introducing this concept to you here at the pre-med level? I mention it now because it's never too early to familiarize yourself generally with this important practice. Of course, you're not expected to understand all of the terminology, what the diseases are and how they're managed. After all, that's what med school and training is for. I'm introducing it here today simply to expose you to the idea. It's something to pay close attention to it's also another way for you to stay engaged in a shadowing experience. While you haven't learned the medicine yet, or understand all of the terminology, you can still practice the general process in your mind. For example, if you're present during a patient visit in a shadowing session, um, based on what you observe, you can ask yourself in your head or when you get home, Based on what I understood, what is the one-liner that summarizes this patient's history and issue? Can I describe the interval events, as in what happened between the last visit and this one? And this last part might be difficult, but can I organize issues and management tasks by organ system? Anyway, I hope you found this episode interesting. To summarize, the practice of sign-out is incredibly important in communicating information about patients from one care team to the next one taking over. A thorough and complete sign-out helps to prevent errors and is a critical part of patient care. The components of a sign-out may vary from institution to institution or from department to department. And while I don't expect anyone at the pre-med level to master this art simply because you need a certain degree of medical knowledge, it is a helpful thing to pay attention to. And practicing in your own mind during your shadowing experiences based on what you observe can be a helpful exercise and a way to stay engaged. I'll leave it at that for now. If you're enjoying the Aspire Pre-Med podcast, like, rate, and subscribe. And if there's an episode that speaks to you, share with a friend. Until next time, have a great day, everyone.